0: And he turns around and he said, "Don't let other people tell you you can't do anything." And he said, "Not even me." He said, "Because all they're saying is that they can't do it or they don't know how to do it." Perhaps your business is struggling. Perhaps you're not finding the finances that you need. Perhaps you're not getting the generating the leads you want. And it's very easy to just say, "Oh, it's not working for me. I can't do it. I can't do it. I don't know how to do it." The hardest thing to do is to just say, right, that's not working. Why isn't it working? Let's get in there and find out why it's not working and turn it around and and do something different.
1: Fuel your dreams. Ignite your inspiration. Join us and feel at home. Here at Fearless Inspiration. I'm a man, I cannot cry to this film. I would
0: try and distract myself and look at something else. But when I watched that film with them boys the other day, um, the coach Carter, I I was crying and I was was okay with it. I sat there with my girlfriend and I looked at her and I was crying and I wasn't trying to hide it. I just wasn't because that was a really emotional moment. And it's all right, it's all right. And it's being okay to do that. I'm not the best at it, but I'm starting to, to realize it's all right, if I'm upset, I'm upset. Or if I'm emotionally moved about something, you should be able to show that. That was for me the moment where that teamwork, even though this lad that told me really wasn't my son's best friend at school or friends with him at all. He he used that teamwork, that team spirit to say, look, one of my teammates is in trouble. I'm going to help him. And that was one of the most inspirational things that that happened.
1: And today we carry on with the second part of our chat with Neil Stewart. Now, I kind of love events that dissolve barriers between people and bring them together so they feel like they're on the same team. Is there any such inspiring event that you can recall?
0: Well, you know, it's funny you should say team. There's really a team there because, uh, because yeah, the, the the thing that sort of, that when you, when you asked me that question jumped into my head was many years ago now, my son, when he was 11 was uh, in a football team and the football team coach couldn't, couldn't carry on his job. He worked for Honda and they said he got to work weekends, so he couldn't do it anymore. And I was sort of teaching hockey at the time, coaching a bit of hockey. And I said, look, I'll step in just until. Someone comes along with football experience to do it. And in the end, I stayed with them until they were 16. And during that time, I had a group of boys averaging between 15 to 20 boys at any one time. All from sort of different schools in the area, different backgrounds, different upbringings. And I had the challenge of getting them on the pitch even though perhaps at school they didn't like each other, they didn't talk to each other at school, or or they maybe called each other names at school, or they they just just didn't have time for each other at school. And getting them on that pitch and playing as a team, as if they really, really were best friends. And that's how I explained it to them. I said, look, I need you guys on the pitch to be the best friends you can. When you're off the pitch, I know you don't have to talk to each other or whatever. And it took me a long time to get that through to them. And eventually they got it. And when they got it, they were just enjoying the football. They were enjoying being there. They just loved it. And the biggest moment of that was, again, with my son. At school, he um, a child was uh, um, being mean to another another boy in, in class in uh, they'd like, craft uh, session. And, a cra- and they had a craft knife. And this guy was um, kind of waving this craft knife around at this lad, um, sort of saying he was going to get in with it or whatever. And my son kind of stepped in and said, look, stop it, pack it in, sort of thing. Now... The next training session we're at, one of the boys in the school who's kind of like the the, one of the streetwise kids, he said, Neil, um, I've heard that that lad who your son stopped is bringing a proper knife into school and he's going to go for your son at school. And I'm like, oh, my God, what do I do? You know, so I phoned the school. We phoned the school and said, you know, this is what we think is happening. And the school kind of said, we can't just search that guy's bag, but we can do a, a bag search for the year. Just to make sure they searched the bag and there was a knife in that kid's bag and that, that kid was expelled. But, um, that was for me the moment where that teamwork, even though this lad that told me really didn't, wasn't my son's best friend at school or friends with him at all. He really, he used that teamwork, that team spirit to say, look, one of my teammates is in trouble. I'm going to help him. And that was one of the most inspirational things that, that happened, you know, being in that situation. I, I always recall that it was amazing for him to do that. I mean, probably only 14 or 15 at the time.
1: No, oh, thank you. Wow, such a such a powerful story. Cheers. Now, on your property website, I saw that I think you've got a section for ex-military people or military people, and you're trying yes, to yeah, h- yeah. Help, help them. Uh, can Can you tell us a bit more ab- about that?
0: Well, when I left the military, I mean, I, I guess anybody in life, nobody really gives you any sort of um, help with how to buy houses or what to do. I think there were some incentives with some some finances. Where you know, when you leave the military, I got given a small lump sum. Um, some money towards helping me find my own house or whatever but nobody really knows how to do that and what to do with it and I realized that you know I, I had to learn the hard way. I had to go and pay quite a lot of money to for training and that to learn how to do it that nobody really teaches you and I think whether they want to buy their own home if you're buying your first home it's a huge it's a huge learning curve isn't it you've never never bought a house in your life you don't understand about where this list works, work where the surveyor comes into it what the mortgage work how it all works and, all those kind of things and how you're going to pay it back and whether or not it's a good investment or a bad investment. So I kind of just thought, because I'm ex-military and because I didn't have that support when I left out, I think it'd be great to to offer that to guys, whether or not it's for their own home, whether it's where they're going to get uh, buy-to-lets or investment properties or both. And we're just sort of saying, Do you know what? If it's something you want to learn about, come and have a chat and I'll, I'll help you.
1: Brilliant. No, that's uh, really helping people out. And for me on my own property journey, I realized that I'd lived kind of quite a sheltered life as a career accountant to, to some extent and never looked at the entrepreneurial world. And, you know, stepping into property is definitely, you know, if you're going to do it properly, it's a, a property business. It's it's becoming an entrepreneur. So, you know, I've struggled a bit on down that path. But would you mind just in a, a few words explaining, you know, this more, well, I don't know if you, I think it, I heard it badge somewhere is a wealth mindset but this is where you you know you, you look at things as you know opportunities and, and challenges rather than absolute roadblock can't deal with that mindset which is i'm guessing where, <laughs> where where i started out and i'm still trying to you know step a bit more out of could you because you obviously have you know helped people along that path can could you tell us a bit more about that
0: absolutely i mean yeah. A lot of it is about the kind of uh, the, the the story that's been told to you as you're growing up, or your parents or your people that are a significant um, influence on in your life have kind of said, and you, you just take on their story, so to speak. You know, my parents used to, um would be quite happy to talk about money and things like that. So if we were sitting at the dinner table or something like that, uh, my mum would always would always talk about um, money and my dad would be happy to talk about money. Whereas my my ex-wife now, her parents, it, it was a dirty word. You don't talk about money. Um, you don't do that. And and if you've had that kind of upbringing or that influence in your life, it's difficult to, to, to sort of step back and say, actually, money's not dirty. You know, you can do a lot of good things with money, but we all need money and we all need money to survive. And then you can then turn that around and help others. Once you've helped yourself to a certain stage, you can then help others. Um And it's really about that. And, and a lot of people have those blocks thinking, like you said, where's the money going to come from? My very first property, I'd spent all my money on training courses. And I went out and I did what I was told. I followed the, the rules and I found my first property, but I didn't have any money to buy it. I didn't have the deposit. I didn't have, you know, and it's a small amount of money on a small property. It was about 12,000 pounds deposit I needed. I didn't have that. And my, the, the old mindset or the mindset you're talking about might say, well, oh, God, I can't do it then, you know, don't have it, can't do it. But learning to sort of say, well, actually, money's in abundance. There's money everywhere. People have money. And if you are offering somebody something as well, you're not going in the begging bowl. You're not saying, please give me some money, please give me some money. You're basically saying, if you invest your money in the project with me, I can give you something in return, whether that's a good interest rate, whether that's, you know, these people, the people that invested in me, the first one, they were wanting to learn about the process. So we gave them some interest, but they also wanted to, they didn't want to get um, they didn't want to interfere. They just wanted to see how it was all done. Wanted to see how the builders, how I dealt with builders, how I dealt with the the agents, how I dealt with the tenants, all that kind of things and and, and how I found the deals. So I think um again, it's a lot of self-development. I talked about self-development, it's about talking to yourself and believing you can do this, this kind of thing. And it's and you can. Everybody can, everybody's capable, anybody's got um, a mind that they can think of, do things they can. They can create this kind of this environment that will work for them, without doubt.
1: Yeah. Thank you. That's a that's a real boost. And I'm guessing so. Fear, you know, can keep you safe in some situations, but it can also be a block. Could you tell us what fearlessness means to you?
0: Okay. So so fearlessness is uh, again somebody um, once said to me. You know, when everybody's running away from something, or when you're in some situation where you're too frightened to deal with it, or you're thinking I can't deal with that, the 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 best thing to do is run towards it. I'm not saying a fire or a volcano. I'm saying you know perhaps your business is struggling. Perhaps you're not finding the finances that you need. Perhaps you're not getting the generating the leads you want. Um, and it's very easy to just say, oh, it's not working for me. I can't do it. I can't do it. I don't know how to do it. Um, the hardest thing to do is to just say right. That's not working. Why isn't it working? Let's get in there and find out why it's not working, and turn it around and, and do something different. Whatever you do may not work. I mean, this weekend, uh, literally, I just I've, I've created my own uh, marketing plan going forward for what I'm going to do for next year. So I'm thinking about next year. What am I going to do? Because marketing is one of the hardest things. Getting the people to to come and talk to you, and you know, in the current industry, there are so many sharks or so many people out there that are offering stuff and not really delivering. Um, And you've got all that noise going on around you. So when I say, look, I'll teach you how to do property so well. So the 15 other people say they're going to teach me how to do property. You know, what's so good about you? And it's trying to get that message across. And I've had to learn that because I've not had to do that before when I worked for an organization. They just put people in front of me and I taught them and I loved it. But now I've got to learn a whole new skill set. How do I get people in front of me?
1: Yeah. No, thank you for that. Could you recall an event that made you laugh uncontrollably?
0: Uh, Okay. So, um... (laughs) Uh, the, mainly, uh, one of them is a film, which is Kevin and Perry. I don't know if you've seen it. I just love that film. You ever watch Ke- it's, it's quite an old film. Um, it's, it's about two lads who wanted to be DJs in a Um, and the teenagers and that, that film makes me really laugh uncontrollably. I, I just love it. Films in particular make me laugh. Yeah. It's an older film, but it's funny. And it also is this type of music. I like that kind of uh, dance music, trance music sort of thing, as well as other stuff. But, uh, that and any comedy. I mean, Michael McIntyre. I went to see him in the O2 once and I I come out, my jaw was aching. I was laughing so much. It's just his observation. I love observational comedy. I don't like it when somebody makes comedy at someone else's expense. So it takes the mickey out of someone else. But when they're observational and say, you know, because they're things that we all look at, we all see. And he just finds the, the funny parts in it and just makes you laugh. So that's that's really when it's kind of uncontrollable laughter for me.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think I saw a live recording in Edinburgh of, it's a radio program. I think it was called "The Unbelievable Truth," very similar to the TV program "Would I Lie to You," but a more audio version. There was one of the guests was Rod Gilbert, the comedian, and yeah, the exact same. I I remember actually, my sides were hurting. I never ever had my sides hurt before. So yeah, that's uh, yeah. Thanks for for that for that suggestion. And what would you say is your number one secret to success?
0: so um a lot of people say persistence and values um that kind of thing is is really important but there's one one quote from a film I, I like films i'm a big film i don't i don't i don't quote films in the people i just love going to watch films um and there's a film that i saw which you may have heard of or may not have heard of uh, uh, which was about a guy called chris gardner it was um will smith played him in the film and it's called the pursuit of happiness See that? Yeah. So it's all about how he was with his son, and he was his wife left him, and so on and so forth. There was one line in that film, one line that really, really captured everything. And he's he's basically talking to his son, and his son, and somebody had said something to his son about he couldn't do something or whatever, and he turns around and he said, "Don't let other people tell you you can't do anything." He said, "Not even me." He said, "Because all they're saying is that they can't do it or they don't know how to do it." And that one thing, that one line many years ago has stuck with me forever. You know, when someone says you can't, it's not you can't, it's they can't, or they don't know how to. And um, you've got to say, look, you're not taking advice from them. They're just trying to put you down or trying to keep you back, like the old crabs in the bucket, pulling them, pulling you back down into, into the bucket. When you put a load of crabs in a bucket, one tries to get out there will pull them back down. It's all that kind of mentality. It's just, that line really, really, really resonates with me. And I think that's the one thing, if you remember that, when someone says you can't, I'm always like, well, there must be a way. There must be a way. This can't be not done by anybody else before. And that's what that's what keeps me going.
1: So when somebody is then full of inspiration, but they may not have the best way of putting one fr- foot in front of the other, and I, I know you, I think you're quite good with your, your planning techniques and things like that. Is there any, any advice you could give for, you know, transferring that tsunami of inspiration into, you know, uh, meaningful steps?
0: Yeah, definitely. If, if you've got a head full of ideas you got every day you get so many more new ideas and you're just a flood and a wash of ideas, what I would say is very, very important is to think what one thing... Can I do that's going to make the biggest difference and take me towards that one thing that I really, really want? So for example, you're doing this podcast and it's, you're obviously passionate about it. We talked about this. You're passionate about this. This is something that really, really makes you feel good. It, you feel brilliant about it. So what one thing uh, can you do each day to make your podcast move forward in whatever way you, I don't know what your plans are for the podcast, but you, you may have a plan for it. It might be that you want to be, you want everybody to know about you. You want to be. The number one podcast in, in in the UK, in the world, whatever. But what one thing can you do every day that's going to make you take you forward towards that? And then forget all the noise and everything else. Do that one thing first, and then you can do the other stuff. You can think about the no, other. No, that's
1: super, super powerful. Thank you. <laughs> yes, for me, because I've. I'm going to listen back to the recording. That flood and a wash of ideas is. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's, that's that's perfect description. I'm going to for you know for me so. Uh, yeah no no that that's that's really good and now it's time for quick fire inspiration your most inspiring film or one of them
0: well there was that one but there is also one i can't really remember the name of it but it's uh it's um again it's about a, a basketball team in america in a college where nobody really thinks they're ever going to succeed in this Top basketball man, uh, guy coach comes and coaches him and actually gets him to do education as well. And there's a moment in there that, uh, that he gets them to sign a contract and say, look, you can play basketball. You've got to commit to playing basketball. You've also got to get your grades to this level. And that particular school, nobody expects the kids to pass. And there's a moment where the, the kind of teachers and everybody he stops. He locks the, he locks the gym because they aren't getting their grades. Yeah. They're doing really well in basketball. So all the parents and everyone's giving them a hard time. Um, and the school governor say, unlock the gym. And he saying, look, how can you teach these kids values if you're not upholding just a single con straightforward contract? So anyway, he it's given up on him, but then he walks in to get, get his, his, um, his books and everything from his desk. And the kids are in the gym at desks with the teachers doing work to get their grade up. And that, that moment, that really got me. Like, you know, they, they realize what he's doing for them.
1: Oh, thanks. If you remember the name afterwards, let us know and I'll, I'll put okay. it in yeah, after I'm in ready. the, in the show notes.
0: Coach Carter, that's it, sorry, Coach Carter.
1: Coach Carter, thanks. Your most inspiring aspect of nature?
0: Nature's wonderful. You know, um, Ian, I, some of the, this morning there was a beautiful pink sky, even though we've had, you know, lots of wind and snow and cold weather. You know, I go out in the morning, I try and go out early in the morning for a run as often as I can. And it was freezing, it was minus two, minus three this morning, but that sky was beautiful. And I think that, and my favourite little animal is the squirrel. Every time I see a little squirrel, I just kind of makes me smile. He's just scurrying around.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Beautiful, aren't they? Yeah, thank you. Are your most inspiring aspect of design or style?
0: Design and style. So I'm not very good at that kind of thing. I'm not very you know, I know I how to turn a house into a house that people live in or make it look nice, but most inspiring oh gosh, things that inspire me style. I mean I've I don't know. Um, I'm not a very sort of flash person. I don't sort of look at flash things. But sometimes when something's done really nicely, I've, I guess my my Apple uh, Mac Pro, um, it just works. You know, I've been with PCs and anxiety IT all my life, and I just turn this thing. I open this thing up, and it just works. Trying to I'm trying to do a podcast or, or a video or something on on uh, on one of the uh, one of the Facebook or whatever. It just works. Oh yeah, it's lovely. Otherwise, you know, with PCs, you're messing about trying to do this and do that. I just, I guess that's probably fair to say.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's, I think somebody else has, has said the the Apple uh, computer before. Thanks. Um, one of your most inspiring songs.
0: Oh gosh, one of my most inspiring songs. Where were, there was one the other day? i like, like a lot of songs. There's um one one by the Scorpions called "Send Me an Angel," and I remember when I was um I was trying to get through this process with my divorce and i was thinking about where am i where am i going from here uh, that song you used to really i used to run to that song and it used to make a real difference yeah
1: well yeah i'll, I'll look it up thank you and uh, last quick fire inspiration your most inspiring aspect of travel
0: travel oh well i did i did a trip to um thailand not so long ago and i loved it i've never been that far away i mean that was pre-lockdown but the people were fabulous smiley happy a lot of them have, don't have much. And and that's really important is they're happy in the moment where they are with their family and with their friend and they're enjoying the moment. They don't need loads of money. They don't need a flash car. They don't need a, an amazing computer game or whatever. They're just enjoying that. And that that's probably what really made my eyes open. I want to go back to Thailand again and see more of it. That's kind of that part of the world.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I really enjoyed Thailand four or five years ago. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. So um, what's next for uh, Neil Stewart then?
0: What's next for Neil Stewart? All right, so well, yes, yeah, a good, good question. Is it that time of year where I'm starting to do my um, my planning, reviewing where we are, what we're going to do? I really do want to have the, the business, which is ICANN, but also Clever Property Investing. I really do want to do that. There is one little thing which I haven't really said much to anybody, um, which I'll sort of tell you first, and I haven't really done anything about it and that is um again what this lady the, the 78 year old lady that I, I I do get a lot of inspiration from I was talking to her about inspiring men. There's a lot of help groups for women out there, isn't there? There's a lot of you know women are very good at chatting and getting together and picking each other up and supporting each other and helping each other when they're down. Men don't have that, really. There are groups, there are some groups out there. So and it's all right for a man to be maybe cry, maybe to a show that he can't cope or he's not as, as you know, we, we get put on this. You're a man, you get on with it, you do it, you provide, you, that's what you're supposed to do. But, you know, maybe you can't, maybe that doesn't work for you. Maybe you're not that kind of a man. And I think I may look to do something at some point next year or the year after where maybe get some groups of guys together and just say, look, it's all right. It's all right to be sad or it's all right to cry. It's all right to express your emotions. It's all right to say that you're not that man that everybody expects a man to be. You're a different
1: type of man, and that's just as good. Go down that route. No, that's amazing, because I was almost thinking that how well-placed for that kind of thing you were when you were explaining about getting in touch with your heart, and I'm guessing that's, you know, in a similar kind of area. So, uh, yeah, yeah, good luck with that.
0: Mad, you know, I used to, when I was married, I used to sit and watch a film, and, you know, sometimes you watch a film, and sometimes you feel a little bit weak, you think. And I'd sit there for, I'm a man. I cannot cry to this film. I would try and distract myself and look at something else. But when I watched that film with them boys the other day, um, the coach Carter, I, I was crying and I was, I was okay with it. I sat there with my girlfriend and I looked at her and I was crying and I wasn't trying to hide it. I just wasn't because that was a really emotional moment. Yeah. And it's all right. It's all right. And it's being okay to do that. I'm not the best at it, but I'm starting to, to realize it's all right. If I'm upset, I'm upset or if I'm emotionally moved about something you should be able to show that and not feel in any way guilty about
1: it. I think it's actually healthy for the body, isn't it? I I'm, I'm not yes. sure about that, but I, I believe I've heard that okay not to wallow in it, but you know, to actually let yeah, let something out is I think it's meant to be good. So yeah, yeah, good good luck with that. And um yeah, so we're coming to the uh, last couple of questions now. What is most right in the world?
0: What's most right in the world is when you see somebody, you know, just genuinely, like I said, mentioned about Heather, genuinely just helping someone else, not to their detriment, not so that they end up, you know, not surviving themselves or not, not moving themselves forward. But genuinely, if I see that kind of little bit of my girlfriend at the moment, for example, I was walking along in the supermarket with her and I looked around and she wasn't there. And uh, there was a lady that dropped something on the floor, an old lady, and she just stopped and helped to pick her up. I didn't even notice. And that kind of instant, because you do it because it's normal, not because you think about it, that is, is really important. I think that's inspirational.
1: Thank you. And what's the next book on your reading list?
0: All right. So I saw that question. I'm looking forward to Christmas because I, I always say to people, buy me books because they're books that... Maybe I wouldn't choose myself. Um, and so I don't know for sure what the next book is. I've got two books on the go at the moment. I've got this one called, uh, which I'm enjoying. This is The, the High Five Habit, by a lady called Mel Robbins. And that's uh, that's quite a good one about celebrating yourself. And I'm also reading one that's called the the One Day Marketing Plan. And obviously, because I'm doing a marketing, so I've got these two on the go at the moment. So it might be another marketing book, but I'm looking forward to seeing what I get for Christmas and see you know what which way to go. I do love Brian Tracy's books, but I've, I've read most of them now, so there's not much uh, not much out
1: there. Okay, yeah, no, thank you ever so much. And if people uh, want to get in touch with you, how would they do that?
0: Well, they can, they can go through the website, um, uk. They can find me on Facebook. Um,
1: just search for me on
0: Facebook. I'm there. Drop me a message. want to email me or phone me. Whatever they want. I mean, it's, it's fine. I'm happy to talk to anybody.
1: Perfect. Thank you so much for your time today, Neil. Thank
0: you. Thank you for inviting me. It's been, it's been uh, really, really different. I've not done anything like this before on a podcast. So uh, thank you. Thank you for inviting me along.
1: Cool. Cheers. That was excellent. Thanks so much, Neil, for the second top 10 hits of inspiration. One, get inspired by building a team. Two, enjoy teaching a group of people who are earlier on in the journey than you with the skills you have learnt, like Neil helping people leaving the military to learn about property. Three, get comfortable talking about money. You can do a lot of good things with it and help others and there is an abundance of it out there if you know where to look. 4. Get inspired about getting on the journey to believing in yourself. 5. Try and see it's an opportunity when something isn't working, be it marketing or finances, to get in there and find out why it's not working and turn it around. 6. Get inspired by a funny film. 7. Don't let other people tell you that you can't do anything because all they're saying is they can't do it or they don't know how to do it. Eight. If you have a flood of ideas, get inspired by being able to ask, what is the one thing that I can do that will take me closer to that one thing I really, really want? And then forget about the rest of the noise. Nine get inspired by pink skies in the morning 10 get inspired by people who can seem to be happy in the moment without having too much and finally 11 get inspired by being able to let yourself cry occasionally if you need to especially if you might feel as a man you must always keep it all pent up inside thanks guys for listening today If you have any ideas on inspiration, please email us at inspiringteamhuman at gmail.com. Looking forward to seeing you next week for another dose of inspiration. Thanks, Ben Sound for the music.